do in Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday the 20th of November 2017 with me Daniel Ruiz Tyson episode 190 take four I hope you're all well keeping on doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going a week of course when a pint of semi-skimmed milk has gone up by 5p the show itself struggling on towards the Christmas countdown the bumper Christmas annual this year scheduled to be the 200th episode of a show that I don't think has probably had more than 200 individual listeners in its entire five-year existence. Uh, Chortle's podcast of the week in the spring of 2013. What a fall storm that turned out to be. Uh, Meantime, the next uh, bouffant likely to be atop my head before November's out, and I'm sure that there will be loads of panicky tweets on my part in the run-up to Christmas, asking, begging listeners to uh, submit... Uh, their entries for this year's channel Christmas, uh, the one night a year only uh, special Christmas Eve channel that is the uh, spine of every bumper Christmas annual this show has turned out. Feeling very tense, my neck has really uh, seized up today, made worse by travelling on a single Decker and what's more reading on a single decker at the time of recording the boiler is about to get done so I've had to rejig my recording schedule uh, this week in order to get this show out uh, for Monday so then I've got about six days before I've got a decent uh, cash flow that I can work with there's been an issue with my uh, timesheet at the man you know it's just it's just one thing after another at the moment you know I just want this over and done with there's going to be a lot of cleaning to do afterwards the loo the taps wiping the floors down I don't know how I coped with visitors when I was younger Of course, I think I've said this before, I know where the whole no shoes inside the house thing came in and that was the realisation when uh, the old childhood home, Mayflower, not having a bedroom there, visitors coming in, particularly from the mid-80s onwards when uh, houses started to get carved up into flats and you had that first wave of yuppies coming in and the road was more or less a building site. And, uh, you know, dog walkers used to start bringing their dogs to the area and I just thought... You know, I don't have a bedroom. I'm playing on the floor of the front room. Anyone that visits stays in the front room. My friends, my parents' friends. The street's coming in. That's where it all came. But even then, I was far more uh, relaxed about it. You know, my mum would tell me afterwards, wash your hands, you've been playing on the floor. I think this has become a massive problem for me in the last decade and a bit. It's definitely escalated. The boiler packed in back in August time doesn't have another winter in it so this you know this needs to be done now if anything about this period is easy at all it's the fact that I know it needs to be done I just want it over and done with that's worse than the money aspect I want this out of the way it is really affecting me I know that I'm going to have to let the plumber keep his shoes on this time when he came for the um, initial appointment to give his free estimate he had to do it in his socks he can't carry the workout any socks. I mean, that's going to be too much to ask on my part. I'm wondering how big do I go on the dust sheets? Do I lay them all around the uh, flat, which uh, would be my preference, or is that just going to make me look very anal? It should be law that workmen have to wear those slip-on forensic shoe covers over their own shoes when carrying out work. It really should be the law.
Thursday, 16th of November, about 9.31 hours, I broke another hanger at the man's new building. I'm on four now in 14 days at the new building. The slightest contact and these hangers just snap. It's like with the furniture, the office furniture. You wonder whether these things get tested before they leave the factory. Obviously, I know that I've got a very heavy coat but most winter coats are heavy these hangers are just not up to the job friday was topped and tailed by two horrendous incidents now friday morning about 09 25 hours i came through reception i made sure that i gave the security guards the uh, the morning greeting it is a dull job i've done security you know as a, as a student and it is a it's an awful job you're on your feet all day as well so you know it's a tough job, and uh, I'm not one of these people who uh, just walks past them without acknowledging them. So I always give them the uh, good morning, good night, have a nice weekend. You know, the small talk. I give them the small talk. And uh, as I turned left after reception, I'm waiting for the lift, and I heard this massive bit of, I hate the word, uh, you know, I don't even know if it was banter. Whatever it was, it was very extrovert and uh, it was an exchange by a woman with the security guards. I got the impression that they knew her well and uh, there was a bunch of people, myself included, going into the lift and all of a sudden I see this disabled woman learning difficulties wearing one of those animal hats. I'm not sure, it might have been a rabbit. About four or five of her uh, front teeth missing Reminded me of Joe Jordan, known as the uh, shark, despite missing teeth. I suppose he was known as the shark because he had his canines and then the front teeth were missing, so uh, obviously the fangs, so he was known as the shark. An incident with Joe Jordan, the 1979 FA Cup final, Arsenal-Manchester United. I've always disliked Manchester United because they beat Liverpool in the 77 Cup final. By then I was already a Liverpool fan. They denied Liverpool the treble and uh, United, I've just never liked them. I've admired them as a football team over the last 25 years, some outstanding teams that they've produced, but the club itself I just don't like. And uh, Joe Jordan was playing for United up front. He was a fearsome-looking character. Now, much later on as a football journalist, I got to interview Joe Jordan, and uh, he was a genuinely lovely guy. But uh, he always looked very scary without his teeth. And there, there was a moment where United, I remember, were applying pressure against Arsenal in that 79 Cup final. And Pat Jennings, the Arsenal keeper of the time, made a, a save. And I went to the screen to uh, kiss Pat Jennings. And instead I kicked uh, Joe Jordan as he was grimacing. And uh, my mum would uh, often tell that story. That story must have been doing the rounds for the rest of her life. She always uh, found it amusing. Anyway, so a Joe Jordan was getting into the lift. Now, I'm based on the second floor. There were quite a few people in this lift. It's packed. I'm an introvert. You know, I like to keep a, a low-key profile. I've already established that it's this woman behind the extrovert entrance through uh, reception. And uh, everyone's pressed the button for whatever floor they're going up to and I think I was the last one to press my floor I pressed two and uh, all of a sudden I hear god he's a lazy bugger isn't he and I just thought what do I do here what do I say here and I was honest I just said to her look no one's showing me where the stairs are and up to that point no one had we've not had a single fire drill either whereas at the other building I don't think I've ever been at a building where there have been more fire drills so 
it was a it was a really awkward moment. I think some people in the left felt for me, you know, what can you say? It was a disabled woman. And uh, yeah, so I said to her, look, no one show me where the stairs are. Then she said something else. And I just, uh, at that point, I said, well, you won't see me in the left again. Now, I know what she looks like, but I've realized in the last couple of days that I didn't actually take a look at who else was in that left because that was a very bold claim on my part. You won't see me again in a lift. I don't know who these other people were and what are they going to think if they see me in a lift again going up to the second floor? As it was, it was such an awful moment that I got off on the wrong floor. I got off on the first floor where the lift stopped first and I couldn't find the stairs to find my way up again. I didn't want to be waiting for the lift and then just going up a floor. That wasn't going to look good. So there was that incident in the morning, then making my way home that evening, still reeling from that incident in the morning, a fat man fell asleep on me on the bus. I was sat by the window reading my book. Within 10 minutes, I couldn't move my right arm. He had fallen asleep. He was snoring. At first, I couldn't work out what the sound was. I actually thought, is that the bus engine? Is that what's happening here? He was leaning on me. And there was loads of traffic on the way home. So this was going on for a while. I couldn't feel the right arm. And I carried on reading the book. I do practice left-handed. You know, five, ten minutes every evening, I I kind of write with my left hand. I practice, you know, doing various things with the left hand. In case I have a stroke one day, I can skip the rehab. I can get straight to being left-handed. It's just not a memorable period, really. For me this is not a time and I'm, I'm talking about a long period of time now it's not a time that I'm going to be looking back on with any warmth said the little herd self-absorbed uh, reluctant podcaster I mean you know don't you when you're of a certain age whether you're in one of the better periods of your life where whether you're going through a time that you know you should savor and maybe years on you're going to feel really nostalgic about that time this isn't such a time for me I work way too hard I know that and I work too hard on things I don't like doing like producing this show for example and that's been the case now for most of the last decade and a half that wasn't the case in my 20s I'm not saying I had a great time in my 20s because I didn't you know I'm I'm not one of those people and that's why I look back very nostalgically at very small windows that I've had in my life where I've had a an interesting period that might have lasted a a few months, a few weeks, a day here, a day there, like the 22nd of December 1989 with Nelly when we went to uh, pick up that uh, colour television for my dad. That's why I remember those things, because they're unusual experiences for me. The man might have had me uh, from time to time in my 20s, but he never got what he gets now from me. That level of discipline, that level of professionalism. That guilt is always there for me. Why didn't I do this in my 20s? Why didn't I work this hard for my mum? If I had, I could easily have got us out of Mayflower. I could have extended her life with a warm home. Money would have done that. That will always bother me. Every time even now that I wake up at uh, 05.30 hours, which is every morning these days, as I really can't sleep knowing that I have to be up early for the man. If I'm awake at that time, and I usually am, I do say a little prayer for my mum because that was her time. That was when her alarm used to go off to head out to work. It was an awful sad life that she led and I didn't do enough to change that. That's not guilt. Well, it is guilt, but it's, it's also a fact. It's a statement of fact and it's about trying to learn from that. 
and uh, I need success for self-validation and I need success so I can scale back the long hours and get back to doing what I should be doing. It is very hard to uh, be doing something that you shouldn't be doing, to, to, to be in a place where you don't fit. And uh, actually something I did, I'm not one for stuff like Google Earth, Google Maps, but I did recently check Mayflower Road and uh, I went through the road from top to bottom, the Clapham Road end, from top to bottom, checking the roofs. And sure enough, 48 Mayflower Road is still the only building on that road that has the old slate roof. The same roof that was always leaking. And uh, I know, because uh, up until recently, our old family friends who'd been there for 50 years were still there. And I know just how much that place continued to decline after the old landlord died. And uh, I looked at that roof and I thought, you know, this guy, he hasn't changed anything. He's still all about the money. Getting the money. He's like the old landlord, getting the money. That's why I hate landlords. As far as I know, at least my mum, with her work, she didn't have to deal with Milk Club What's Milk Club, David? I hear you ask. Well, I'm about to tell you. Now, let me uh, just bring up this email. This is just another example of why I don't like being with the man. Dear all, I am volunteering myself for the role of Milk Club manager. Began the email from someone I've never met. This milk is for use in hot drinks. I'd advise bringing in separate cartons for regular breakfast cereal usage it will work best if as many of us as possible join so we can say goodbye to milkless fridays and the subsequent milk borrowers they've spelt uh, fridays wrong i think they've got the uh, apostrophe after the y i've set up a vote option on this email please respond in the next 24 hours to confirm either way i didn't vote of course i just thought i'll read this on my little herd show in the meantime uh, concludes the email please can those who were in the previous milk club pay up your debts to so and so so he can close the account if i turn this over i can see the debts uh, some people owe money from back in april time you know looking at i think april for example 54 pounds is owed to milk club 50 pounds in may 65 pounds in june 66 in july down to £53 in September, and I think that's £35 in October. When I get emails like this, I think I am ready to leave this world, and then I start fretting. What if stuff like this happens in the afterlife? And I speak probably as a guy who should join Milk Club, because by Monday evening, my pint of semi-skimmed of milk has been almost emptied, and uh, not by me. And uh, I tend to wrap up the milk in a big Sainsbury's bag just to make it harder for the milk thieves. Now, we're sharing this floor. The milk is taking a seriously hard hit. In addition to Milk Club, there are the um, emails from people that I've never met sent to entire departments telling people that this person that they don't even know is leaving. And as someone with a deep aversion to leaving cards, as someone who was once petty enough to return a leaving card that I still maintain had been spitefully posted to Spanish car news because those colleagues knew my feelings on the leaving card. I have a real issue with this. While I acknowledge I was petty to return that card, I still have an issue 
with leaving cards. You don't need to send the email to teams you know for a fact don't know you. You're leaving. Big deal. Go quietly. Tell your colleagues, all the people that you get on with, by all means, have a leave and drink. Great. It's Especially if you've been somewhere for a long time. I'm very rarely anywhere for a long time. I'm always passing through. I'm a tourist. I'm a nine-to-five tourist. Don't be such an attention seeker. I recall, and I think it was the same job I mentioned on episode 188 with the ridiculously small, colourful and overpriced chairs where Clay Lowe and I worked years ago. And on my last day, some colleague I'd never even spoken to, I think they worked for the media team, they emailed to say that they'd enjoyed working with me and that I would be missed. I was so cheesed off that day that, uh, because, you know, this job, if there was ever a job that took it out of me, that, that really changed my life, that I made so many mistakes on off the back of this job because of the pressure in that job, um, I, was, I was just really saddened by the way that whole experience ended and I was not amused to receive that email and uh, I emailed back saying, list five interactions that we had in my time here. And of course, there was nothing back. I'm a tolerant guy, but... I don't tolerate nonsense. Nonsense and pretentiousness I can't abide. I'm not cut out for that world. You know you belong to the man when a few desks away you hear someone say, what happened to Milk Club? You're listening to Daniel Ruiz. Tyson is available sweating the small stuff because the small stuff does matter ways to support the show you can do all your amazon shopping by clicking on the amazon referral link at danielruiztizen.com amazon recognizes you've gone to them via the referral link on my site and kicks back a small percentage of whatever you purchase back to my work at no extra cost to you and of course christmas is coming up this is the biggest opportunity of the year for the website to again start paying for itself further ways to support the show you can rate and review the podcast on itunes that helps enormously rate and review not just a rating please bear that in mind rating does nothing and perhaps you might even consider making a secure donation to the podcast via the paypal link at daniel ruiz tyson Com. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your retweets. All noted, all appreciated. And if you'd like to read some of my work, you can also buy my book on Amazon, Me, Me, Me. That is still there. That is still underperforming, of course, as all things do with me. Now, it's difficult for me being at the man where the... Dress code is casual. I'm not a great dresser. I never have been. I buy my clothes in bundles simply because I don't like clothes shopping because I find shops, stores really pretentious. You've got shop assistants going around like they've studied for three years to do the job they're doing and you've got the awful music. So, um, you know, my personality is not suited to clothes shopping and I don't like online clothes shopping I think you need to have a look at and try on in the shop what you're about to to buy so you know I'm generally a scruffy guy and clothes aren't a big thing for me would I like to dress better ideally I suppose I would because you know I'm in an environment right now where you've got you know some very sharply dressed uh, young men and I've got that long walk from the back of the floor all the way to the printers and you know people might be thinking who's that scruffy guy who is he what does he do 
Is that a cleaner? What's going on there? And uh, recently, a couple of shows back, one of the pictures I, I often tweet when I'm publicising the show is from the radio days, and uh, I was wearing a jumper in it. I was in the studio, a proper studio, much missed studio, and I had a crew neck jumper and a button-up shirt uh, underneath it. And uh, Tom Coppy, uh, a guy actually... You know, the other day I was talking about George Michael being a great singer. Certainly one of the greatest male singers this country's ever produced. You know, probably one of the best ever. If you're talking about three or four guys, I think you'd have to put him in there. But also I would put up there Paul Buchanan of the Blue Nile. And uh, there was a brilliant Blue Nile documentary either late last year. This is a radio documentary last year or earlier this year. And it was Tom Coppy who put me onto that. Now, uh, Tom Coppy picked up on the uh, jumper and buttoned up shirt thing and uh, rather perceptibly because whenever I wear a jumper and a shirt, even though I don't really care too much about clothes, I always think at that moment, this does this work? I'm never convinced. Tom suggested asking listeners for their input on how they deal with the jumper and shirt combination. Does it work with a crew neck? Is it a V-neck jumper, really, that only works with a shirt on underneath? So do get in touch. DRT available at westegg1607.co.uk or uh, tweet the show at 1607westegg. I don't know. What should we call the hashtag? Maybe I'll leave that up to uh, up to Tom. But uh, I think it was an interesting tweet, and it's something that I would like to explore. Those of you who... Uh, uh, better with clothes than myself. Uh, perhaps you can, uh, you know, offer some input. I think this is an interesting one. And also, you know, get in touch with your winter coats. I still want to hear what are you wearing this winter. I myself, I spent much of uh, last week uh, with long johns, but by Friday I'd uh, scaled back the long johns. Uh, you know, mindful of uh, Mickey Boyd's advice that come January, I'm going to have nothing extra to wear when the cold really kicks in also scarves scarves irritate my skin but i do love a scarf but friday morning i left the scarf at home what else happened last friday oh i got into a little dispute with a, a colleague now i'm not a cake fan i lean towards the pastries big fan of the pastries cakes i'm less keen on i just think i ate too many bad cakes as a kid you know birthday cakes too sweet not a big fan of sponge. But, uh, you know, it's a big thing at the manors. I'm sure it probably is at your workplace. People bringing cakes or make cakes or someone's leaving. A cake is brought in. And uh, a colleague had brought in a cake. And the cake's certainly at the old building. There's less space now, so I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But uh, the cakes were always positioned on top of a shelf that had a lot of foot traffic. All the people in my department at one point or another during the day has to be at that shelf seven or eight times a day rummaging through documents so they're going to be breathing on that area and I just said to this colleague that's not the best area for a cake even though I'm not eating a cake you know I wouldn't put a cake there if I was making a cake and bringing a cake in of course I have never made a cake and they took offense to that this is weeks ago and uh, on Friday they decided to bring it up again they made their point they said they were very offended by my remark and uh, I weighed up their points you know then I said look I've got to stand by what I've said I, you know I'm right I'm right in what I said I didn't intend to offend you it's just the cakes should never have been there 
it took a contractor to come in after you guys have probably been doing that for years just say look that's not where you put the cake find a quiet spot for the cake maybe a specific cake shelf where the only reason for people to be there is to go and get some cake Okay, I'm going to drop the next item. I'll stick that in Thursday's show. Uh, The show is overrunning. In fact, in a very anticlimactic fashion, I'm going to end the show here. Looking at uh, 27, 28 minutes for what were supposed to be bite-sized shows. So this is the point at which I say, and that is it. That is today's show. I hope you guys enjoy your start to the week and do what you do well. You can only do your best. Shoulders back, people. Keep on walking towards the sun. Thank you for listening. I'm back on Thursday. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and today I have been available. 